on this week's episode of Living Free with RP, we've got Morten Bonda, all the way from Denmark. He's the author of the book, Sentence to Blindness, Now What? I think you're all going to enjoy this, and I think you should all go out and get his book. Here is Morten. First of all, just uh, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for taking the time out today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. So introduce yourself to the world here and tell everybody who you are and where you're from and, you know, family and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, my name is Morten Bunde and I'm from Denmark, uh, Scandinavia. And um, I'm 47 years old and I have two sons. At the age uh, 14 and 17, and I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world, my, my wife, Meta, and she's an ER nurse. And I work for the Lego Group uh, as, an, a senior, as a senior art director, which is, uh, uh, you know, I, I do campaigns. I come up with stories for all the, or some of the, the Lego play themes that are out there. Uh, for many years, I've been writing stories for Lego City. So those commercials you see on, you know, various channels around the world, they they were, that that's what I was doing for for many years. So and my now son, my I, work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny you, you know, creating stuff that you know is going out to the you know in, in entire world is pretty pretty awesome and also. You know, at, at times it's like you, you not really you don't really really think about it. You just create something, and then you know, all of a sudden it's just all over the the planet. Pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so I what, think, uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, so I was just saying, I was just going to ask you when you know when did you get diagnosed? I was uh, diagnosed back in two thousand and two, and I was uh, twenty nine at that uh, time. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was kind of a coincidence. It was, I was invited, uh, to a game of badminton after 10 years of pausing my, um, badminton playing. And, uh, I remember being in the badminton hall and all of a sudden I couldn't just, you know, I was in the middle of a match and all of a sudden the ball just disappeared and, and then it just, you know, landed just right next to my, my foot and I, and and I was uh, uh, it, it happened a couple of times, and then I went to the ophthalmologist, and they examined me, and they couldn't find anything wrong with my eyes. I was seen very clearly, and and I had to go through you know a couple of ophthalmologists before I was sent to the hospital. And then they looked at me and said, "Oh, you probably we need to send you to the leading 
um, facility here in Denmark who take care of genetic disorders and stuff like that. And I was totally unprepared. And I came there, you know, with the um, expectation of being fixed, like, you know, uh, there's something wrong, just fix it with a laser operation or med- medication or whatever. And then he just said, you know, when well, you have this disorder, then you will slowly lose your eyesight. And I was like, holy macaroni, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> and I was just, in the, there was a strange thing. I was, I was At that point, I, I had just started my career in the uh, advertising industry. And I was, you know, didn't really, uh, it didn't really harmonize with being a visual um, creative uh, art director dependent on my vision. And uh, I, I remember I made a decision. And I simply said to myself, you know, this disease cannot interfere with my plans and my life. So I just basically just buried it for 14 years and just lived with it. Oh, wow. So how do you feel about it now, so many years later? Well, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the thing is that in 2016, I was uh, experiencing so many problems in my life, and uh, I was um, really busy at the Lego Group. Uh, I was um, attending photo shoots, photo sessions, and, and stuff like that, and approving movies. and 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 I experienced that I was um, I was really stressed out, and and uh, I, I I had to you know, go on a sick leave for almost like half a year or something like that with a depression. And it was really bad. And, uh, and we couldn't really figure out what was going on. And um, one day my wife, she said, could that be, you know, a link to your vision? We didn't really talk that much about it. And I went to the ophthalmologist and he looked at me and he said, uh, do you know that you're legally blind? And I said, what? <laughs> so, so I basically <laughs> ignored it to a degree that I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, allow it to be so my body just you know simply said no more you can't do it anymore and i was driving uh, my car uh, to the point where i had four degrees of vision i'm not very proud of it today but but i I had this it was very um like 30 minutes to my job and i was only driving in daylight and um i had this uh, scanning technique where simply my eyes just were speeding around to kind of notice everything but there it, it that was the realization sort of the awakening that you now you know i had to terminate driving my car and and that was obviously really really a life changer when you had that freedom so <laughs> so but but that basically you know started the process that i've been on for like yeah four years now because um i i I had this sort of awakening when I was sitting at the municipal office and we were talking about retirement plans. And in Denmark, we have something called a flex job. That's a, a part-time job. You, 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 you are only, um, well, you, you get help from the government so you can, you know, maintain your position in, in your work life. And, um, all of a sudden I just had this epiphany. I, I, I realized that, you know, I have been, dragged around for years by this disease that was totally you know had totally consumed my life and i was not in control so i made a decision there that i wanted to figure out how i how i could upgrade myself to be you know a happy person again and just live with this condition and get most out of life so that prompted me to write the book that is coming out here next week the 4th of september and um 
Yeah, I've been been doing a lot of speaking, uh, lecturing also here in Denmark um, uh, about how how you can see possibilities in the impossible. Uh, so it that's, it has become sort of a passion. Nice. So I tell our listeners, uh, you know, about your book. Well, the title book, and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's called uh, "Sentenced to Blindness." Now what? And the subtitle is called um, "A Journey from Hopelessness Street to Possibility Road." And uh, it is um, it is a book that I uh, decided to write because when I had this uh, moment where I saw that you know I was simply you know letting myself being a victim of this condition, this disease, I I, I started reading, uh, actually listening to audiobooks a lot. Like for six months, I was listening to almost like, I don't know, 50, 60 audiobooks on the subject of how you can change your limiting beliefs, how you can change habits, how you can upgrade your mindset. Um, so, so the book is a three-part Book. The first part is called Hopelessness Street, and uh, there I tell the story about how it is to have retinitis pigmentosa, how it is to live with a condition that you can't see, and that people can see, and you know all the struggles. And I guess that a lot of people with RP who reads the book will kind of you know nod at it and say, "Oh, I got, I, I, I know that, I, I experienced that." And and then the second part of the book is okay, how can you somehow change your perspective? on becoming blind is there any way that you can look at it from a different angle you know instead of the oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna be blind and my life is over and i don't know what to do and i'm a victim and i don't you know all that stuff how can you change your mindset and then uh, the, the third part is how do you implement all that knowledge into your life and uh, i did that I, I gave myself a challenge yeah i gave myself four challenges actually that i had to complete uh, within four months that would keep me in a mindset of you know always looking at things from a positive angle so every time i was seeing problems in my life you know complaining about something in my mind i had this a game that i was playing that i uh, i had to stop and then swap thoughts and within five seconds so when i was standing in the pouring rain waiting for the bus uh, you know next to the neighbor's teenagers and i was just Oh my God! You know, I'm standing here. I was driving my car, and now all the neighbors are, are passing by while I'm standing here in the rain with the with the teenagers. And I was just, oh my God! And then I had to say, oh, stop, Rob. Thought, what is the what is the upside of this? And I realized, you know, I had three hours. It it was it it was a it was quite a quite a ride with that bus because it was only thirty minutes in car and one and a half hour in bus because I had to go to another town, change bus and then go to, you know, it was, it was, it, it was actually a, a lot of time that I was spending in that bus. But, but then I realized I could, you know, I could spend that time on something that I rarely have time to, to do, which was uh, meditation, reading, listening to books, just, you know, just have time for myself. So I, I, I constantly for a month, challenged myself every time I was complaining about stuff and um, it actually made a huge impact on on the way that I was seeing problems and people started no noticing my my son they called me the hippie dad little like 
that what's going on with you you just what's going on <laughs> they couldn't you know, they couldn't uh, annoy me they couldn't um, you know all the stuff that i would, would would complain about that they didn't do i simply just turned my view on everything like in that month which was kind of a, a crazy <laughs> crazy month so um, but you know the, i the book will be out and i it, it's been out here in denmark for for a year now and um, i spent the last year together with a translator um translating the book and make it ready for for the world basically so it is kind of a nerve-wracking uh, <laughs> period right now waiting for it to come out when you what would people say will they sort of throw rotten tomatoes at me or will they <laughs> will they like it <laughs> i don't i i think it'll get uh, a good reception i mean i'm i'm still trying to get myself to be a book reader so like anything like that, maybe it, it will help. Um, but uh, will also be available um, through audio. Like will be yeah, audio book yeah. as well. Yes, and I I narrated uh, the book myself, so it's gonna be with my Arnold Schwarzenegger ish Danish. Uh, I like accent. it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's really important. I, I think that's uh, that's for me at least when the author is narrating the book uh, is really something extra you you know it's a personal book and it's actually really personal because i expose sides of myself that i that i wasn't you know ready to talk about before uh, 16 because you know i realized a lot of my problems with my disability my my visual impairment was was uh, my my you know my mindset you know i was always anticipating problems i was always seeing things as potential dangerous things you know that i had to somehow overcome and it it wasn't a really good way of dealing with you know my situation so so um i i simply um realized that i had to change the way that i was approaching problems you know problems was something that was you know not welcome and i tried to look at problems as challenges instead so so how can I overcome this challenge and how can I grow from it? What can I learn from it? So so it it was really much about, you know, you know, when we have RP, it's something we, we simply have to accept and deal with. And I realized that I couldn't think my way out of this problem. I couldn't solve it in, in any way. I just simply had to accept that it was there and uh, and then figure out how to outgrow it somehow. And that's 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 also what the book is about. Are you still like? Are you the only one? I mean, are in your family that has RP? Yes, and that's that's kind of the strange thing. I, you know, I've been trying to look back. You know, I've been asking my parents, and they, they, my my dad seemed to remember there was an old aunt that always, and I can remember it actually myself that she was always sitting inside with those you know brownish, yellowish sunglasses. But and I, I just I'm. I just remembered that, and I, I, but, and then I asked my dad, you know, did she have uh, this uh, condition, the RP? And no, no, she was just, she was just, you know, she had poor sight, and I, I, I have a suspicion, I suspect, I suspect that she, she never got diagnosed, but she probably had uh, retinitis pigmentosa, but I can't be sure about it. But otherwise, I'm the only one in in the family, which is uh, a little strange. Yeah, the common theme I find on this podcast especially with like people like myself and 
others who have other a brother or somebody else that they can kind of turn to that have RP. It's it's such a different world. Like we don't go through the same emotions, I think, as somebody who doesn't have anybody to turn to. Like I've never had the feeling of being like, oh my god, my life's over, and all that stuff because when I got diagnosed, you know, my mom had it, and yeah. I grew up helping my mom. So and yeah. my mom was awesome, and she's still awesome. So yeah. I I never got depressed. I I'm like you when earlier before you had this epiphany. I, I even to this day I still kind of handle things as a sighted person. Like I still tackle yeah. all my day to day things as a sighted person. And then when I get to a point where I can't do something the way a sighted person would do it, that's when I'm like, okay, what can I do? Like how can I how can I get this still done and yeah. safely? But in a different way. But until up until those moments, like you know, like mowing the lawn and all that stuff, I I pretty much do like somebody would do. Probably, I mean, I mean, I probably nonchalantly, just without thinking, do things. Yeah. To make sure that like I'm doing something safely, like you know, if I'm using a chainsaw to cut down my hedges, I probably don't yeah. do it. Like I probably don't do it like a sighted person because obviously I'm going to make sure like I'm clear and I'm double, yeah. I'm triple checking, you know, because I know that those are not moments. That's not where I want to have that RP moment when I'm holding a chainsaw or, no, or no, no, mowing no. the lawn. You know, those are things. Yeah. So I think we take those moments. We go, wait a minute, I'm doing this. Really think about this a little differently. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. But I, uh, but I recognize that I, I, I do, I do all those things also. No, no, I'm not maybe operating a chainsaw because you know I'm just, you know not really a, the, the handy guy but you know I, I do all the things in the garden i i i mown uh, what is it called you know um lawn lawn mowing what what is it called in i yeah you, you said lawn, lawn, yeah. Yeah, yeah lawn mowing yeah like it's just yeah mowing yeah, yeah, lawn exactly, exactly yeah yeah I, really, and i have this system that you know i can you know i'm just very uh systematic about everything so i i i can see you know the 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 tracks in the grass when i get you know all the way down to the other the, the other end of the garden i turn around and i know okay if i put the 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 wear reel you know precisely here i can just you know go straight again and and i um, i think i do a lot of things but what, what i think often what we don't remember or maybe i'm not aware of is that you know everything is just like four times more it, de it demands four times more concentration and work basically than you know our our you know uh, uh, seeing or what do you say uh the, the our our uh, neighbor my neighbor for instance when he does things i know and i do do them that he he has a lot it's much easier for him than than it is for me so 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 the, uh, probably um get more tired and get tired faster i can i can feel that often when i do something that is demanding and uh, you know i get i get tired quicker than than often my neighbor does or our friends or when you know colleagues at work and uh, and that's uh i think that was what i experienced back in 16 i was i was not stopping you know i was i was just you know doing all the things that my my uh, colleagues were doing and but and i did it without any sort of help or and i my body simply crashed from from doing that well, but i saw our eyes have to work harder excuse me our eyes have to work harder so yeah, yeah using exactly. a lot more energy than probably they're using so you, 
You don't yeah. think about it though because it's only your eyes, but it, it wears. Yeah, but I also, you know, I don't, I don't use a cane yet because I have, you know, I have four degrees of central vision, but I, I have a sort of a donut shaped blind yeah. area. So, That's what I have. So I get, yeah, I get. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. I, if I put my arms out to the side, I can still see them out there. So I have a lot of, you know, perif peripheral vision so i can still walk around and i do that but i i miss so much stuff going on just you know right next to my central vision so i can i can literally look at one person and and not see that there's hmm. someone standing right next to you and you know oh, yeah sometimes you get yeah i feel so better about uh, i feel better with it though like that's the reason why i usually can like i mean i could probably get away with getting say if i had to walk through the door just like that. but the problem is like curb terrain doesn't take much to make a curve something and the cane kind of mm. bails you out on that and yeah. the perception from the public yeah yeah better if you're holding the cane and you miss something because then they go okay he's he's just you know yeah you're just you know you have an issue but if you do something like if you look disoriented out in the public and you don't hope i can't have a cane now you're drunk or yeah, exactly. you're something else and then people have people gonna say something to you it's like so yeah. It's uh, even recently I was like at um, I went to the, the liquor store that I normally go to. And sometimes I've been I've been in there a lot of times and I know the store so well that I don't have to use a cane in there. So when I go and say with a friend or maybe if my wife brings me there, I'll go in by myself and get what I gotta get. And so one time I went by myself with it. And I obviously when I go out by myself, I, I use my cane. So I went down, got there. And the guy actually was like, hey, you know, can I ask you something about your cane? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead, you know. And he's like, well, I've seen you here before, and you didn't have a cane. You know, and, and now, you know, he said, and I know usually a cane means, you know, someone's blind. I'm like, well, I'm visually impaired. So I have, a, like, I, yeah. like, I have a small, you know, I have tunnel vision, you know, and I know your store really well. So I don't normally, yes, you're right. I don't, sometimes I come in here and I don't have it because I'm good. I go, but today yeah. I was traveling by myself. So to get here, it, I, I, I need the cane because I'm safer with it. Um, yeah. So it, it was good just to have those moments where like you can educate somebody. But yeah, I can, I can relate to your donut thing. But like, it, I, I think my mine's smaller though than yours. That that peripheral part. But yeah, if I reach all the way back, yeah. I, could, I could be like, oh, you know, yeah, I see somebody there, and you know, so it's. Uh, it's definitely worthy to. It's definitely something to definitely pick up. I think while you still have usable vision, yeah, and learn how. Yeah, to... I, I think I think my problem, and I read it several times on the Facebook uh, group, uh, that it's it's a it's a strange thing that you can you, you I could easily navigate without the cane, and I can walk around. So should I should I pretend to be more visually impaired when i have the cane because <laughs> i'm looking at my iphone and i'm i'm looking into the eye of this person standing next to me and then i stand with this cane i and then i i know that it's just just something i have to to overcome but i i, I probably am, am this kind of person that will push you know myself you know beyond where i probably should and that's that's the history that i have uh, that I you know go a little further than I should probably and pay the price. It's uh, I often experience that also when I when I overwork and I I'm not really you know noticing my body. I I've been really working on that for the last couple of years, 
um, through meditation and mindfulness practice. And it, I also speak about that in the book. It's really, really changed a lot of things uh, for me because before I could, you know, really wear myself totally out. And then I was just sort of, you know, flatline a uh, whole day afterwards because I simply, you know, overdid it. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a learning a learning thing. And it, I have no one in my family to, to ask. Well, of course, we have... I have a you know, a network in Denmark, and I we we can you know ask each other things, but it's uh, it's not it's not really it's not always easy to be the only one, and you know my colleagues difficult for them to understand what's going on. Why you know why do why does he behave like he does, and what's going on now? So you, yeah, is it, I think that's also why I decided to write that book because you know now I tell the story, everyone can read it, and they know what's going on. And um, yeah, and I hope I hope a lot of you know people would are being here in Denmark. I, I I have gotten a lot of feedback from families to uh, people with RP that they got this you know they got this insight that they that they actually didn't never got from their maybe husband who who didn't really, you know, articulate very much about how it is to have RP. And I explained it very uh, thoroughly in the book. And they were like, oh, now I get it. And now I understand why he does this. And now I understand yeah. why he gets tired. And 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 I also did this video. I, you know, I, I, I am an art director, so I, I created a lot of videos in my personal life. So I made this video, and I think I shared it with you also, that that um, simulates my vision. So I totally, it, I, I made a lot of, footage from everyday situations and i put the sort of a filter on top of, of oh, okay yep. the, yeah so so kind of you know gives you an, a, a, an impression of how it is to, to see with my eyes and that video really have helped me a lot because it's so much easier for people to when they look at the video say oh my god did, did you see like that yes and it is exactly how i tried to explain it to you like for 10 years now and they they didn't get it until they saw it with their own eyes so I I really you know that video is really <laughs> it has become a tool for me. So when I when I work with new people that I haven't you know worked with before the Lego group, I just send them this video and then they look at it and say, oh my god, okay, uh, and then okay now I understand why you didn't respond when I sort of waved at you at the canteen yesterday. You, I, I get it now. So so that's uh, that that was a. And that was the first step, actually. The video was something I made um, just right after being at the ophthalmologist. And he said that you you are you're legally blind, uh, my friend. I, and I I went back and I made that video, and it helped a lot when I uh, was um, negotiating with Lego and uh, you know uh, you know authorities and you know people who are going to help me. Uh, so yeah, communication. It's a that, that's really that's really a problem sometimes, but also the solution often. No, see, I think uh, that's actually like awesome because the hardest part of people who have RP is describing what we see. I mean, even to this day, it's hard for me to tell people like, okay, this is how this is what I see. It's a little better now now that I've actually started this podcast and I I talked to somebody else and they had the donut shape as well, and then it made me think, you know what? That's what I have. I'm like yeah. that, that is what I have because I know I can put my hands behind my head and then I can kind of bring them out and then they disappear and after a while they reappear. So okay. I'm like, oh, you know, so that that definitely helps. And um, 
So it is good to have something to be like, hey, look, this is what I got. Because people look at us, see us do normal things, and they, they don't think anything of it, but they don't realize we just make it look so good. But it's so hard to actually make us look that good, you know, to just do everyday things. And when you realize, wow, you're doing all this stuff and you only have this, like, uh, yeah. it really kind of opens people's eyes and makes them realize that, yeah, I know, I know we don't look, you know, disabled or we don't look this, you know, this way, but yeah, it, it, we just, our eyes are just trained in a way where we can kind of get away with, you know, knowing where to walk or knowing how to op- get, a, get around things. And we, we, we kind of figure ways to do this and make it work. So to have something like that is, is easier to be like, yeah, see here. You guys wonder what I was going to see? How I see? Like, this is what, yeah, this is what's up. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah. I just, you know, I, you know, I also still at times ride my bike and uh, I actually only a week or maybe two weeks ago, I made a video while I was driving of riding the bike uh and i wanted to to do the same simulation so i i took the video afterwards and um i i put this filter on top so people could see how much or how little i actually could could see but uh you know it, no i get different reactions you know some say that i'm you know you know i'm an idiot yeah well, why do you do it you could kill yourself and some even get a little angry my wife is actually also a little bit of you know shirts wise i don't know but it's something in me to say if i feel that i can do it and i drive at places where you know it's it's almost only me it's like in in the forest there's there's a trail it's not not dangerous or i i will do it until i feel that i I can't do it anymore and it's maybe that that's that i think that's what makes me you know push my boundaries all the time my limits and uh, i also see that i was watching your facebook uh page and i saw your your training program i said oh holy shit and that guy is a <laughs> he's a monster you know oh, thank you and i probably yeah i probably i think maybe you have this some of the you know the same mindset you know it, it looks really you know demanding the stuff that you do and you know swimming and you know and all that stuff and i think it's really what makes me you know keep going that i i feel that i did something today that 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 was you know i, I crossed a, a limit or i uh, that was I, I was actually a little afraid of that but you know i did it anyway and now mm. i feel like wait well, i can still do that you know it's it's yeah i don't know yeah i i think it's I, a I still, uh, oh sorry come on. no i think it's a i think it's a it's it's funny because it's a dangerous line because i have the same issue sometimes i have a friend david who has RP, lives about a mile or so from me. And I do the same thing, because one, I stopped ri- riding a bike a long time ago. I didn't feel comfortable. And because I feel it doesn't take, it's only a split second before you're flipping, you know, you're flipping over your bike. I mean, you miss something. And yeah. I think our, our brains convince us that we can still do things. You know, they, they trick <laughs> yeah. us, because you're like, oh, yeah. I'm good. And they're like, I can still do this, I can still do this. But it's really your yeah. brain yeah. kind of filling in those empty spots in your vision. So, yeah. and realistically i go in the middle so i say there's that fine line between you're inspiring and you're stupid <laughs> like that, yeah, that it's yeah. really close it's a close line yeah. so like, like yeah, yeah. are you doing something that's really inspiring and you inspire people or are you doing something yeah, you know what it only takes one split second i mean i've watched i've trained with my friend 
Like, we've gone out for long runs together. And he has worse. His RP is worse than mine. And I've seen him fall multiple times. And yeah. it's like, when do you fall and, you know, impale yourself? Or something happened really bad. Or he goes out. Yeah. He rides his bike like he's... He, well, he stopped it. He was he was still riding up to a certain point. I'm like, dude, like you're crazy. <laughs> Things come so fast at you. It's not like you can react to it. On a bike, your reaction time is much different than walking, running. And then um, then I see, you know, he still goes out for runs by himself. Like me, I would never go out um on the street anyway and go for a run unless I had a guide. I would not feel comfortable. Mm. Like I would walk. I can walk down, say, to um the track near my house. And then I'll go on the track and I'll go for a run because that I feel more safe and comfortable. It's tough to really be like, hey, I'm going to push, let me push the boundary and let me, you know, go run on the street and see what happens because it only takes that split second to get hit by a car. All right. And, and yeah. not necessarily because of you, but because the driver is negligent, yeah. Yeah. Is negligent and you couldn't respond to it. Like before, maybe if you had the peripheral vision, you could, you know, you can respond quick enough and be ready to dodge that car if it, come, if it comes your way. So it's, I always get kind of upset with him too. That's the kind of my thinking. Sometimes yeah. I see him doing things. I'm like, like, man, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you going out with somebody? Why are you going out by yourself? You're going to get hurt. Like, but that's more like, you know, being a, a friend and caring and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah. also knowing that like, geez, like I won't even do that. And I'm somebody who pushes exactly with, I mean, you've seen my videos and stuff like I, I'm not against, you know what? I'll go jump in that water. I'll go do this, but I'm I try to do it with a guide or some a safer way to do it. Like I'm still going to challenge myself, but I think you yeah. really have to be weary of that line and be mindful of your brain. Your brain is going to push you. Your brain's always going to tell you that. Yeah, you could do that. Like I can I can always oh I I mean I believe 100% right now I can go jump in a car and go drive. You know. Yeah, yeah. But it might yeah. not be the smartest thing, you know. Cause yeah. it only my my that, wife she you know, she always plays this little game with me when I when when we sit in the car and she's driving of of course and I I, I can come with the little remark like you know here I could easily drive like, yeah, you know, right. I could easily <laughs> drive here and then she says like did you see that old woman with you know with a cane walking just um, on the the sidewalk right now and I said, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, or I say, or I say oh, if you okay. get it's like a highway if you get me on a highway. It's all good. You know, yeah. Once you're once you're on the highway, like you know, you stay in your lane. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's all yeah. good. Yeah. It's like it, it, the problem with I think driving is the fact that you know, the one good thing is that it's structured, so it's like different than running or going out and stuff. Where now you're in or in the world, whereas cars have to follow a certain rule and pattern that works for us. Yeah. That's yeah. why you were able to drive for as long as you were able to drive for because yeah. as long as everybody yeah. followed a pattern and and you knew where the lights. You knew where to look, where the lights were. You knew where, to, uh, you knew where you yeah, were driving. Think, yeah, but I think also from 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 you know, I I simply didn't realize my you know the, the degree that I to to what degree that I had lost my vision when I was going to the ophthalmologist. I didn't. I said I compared in the book. I compared to to people who are losing their hearing. Like oh, you, you they often they often don't realize it it's you know it's your it's the family said you know they, they start talking loud and then one yeah. day you say 
mm, I sure can hear, and like, oh, I hear fine, like, you know, and I think that I just compensated with this, you know, moving my eyes around really quickly, and I, I, mm-hmm. I created an image in my mind, I think, oh, everything's fine, it's okay, and I, yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of shocked when I, I was in shock when I went to the uh, the eye doctor, and he said, you, you, you are legally blind, you have only four degrees of vision left, and, you know, you, you contemplated less, you, you compensated very well. You were you were yeah. using you were you were using a you were doing one hundred and ten percent of the work. You were you were overkill. Like you were able to get yeah. to a point where you were okay. I only have four percent, like four degrees of vision, but I'm using like every ounce of that to yeah. to do this. And and since RP is, I think RP is so about routine. So you were doing the same thing every day, driving to work. Da 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 da. So you your eyes automatically knew exactly where to look so you without even thinking you knew yeah. where to look and where to do things as long as that routine didn't get disrupted you'd be fine but let's but if like say somebody walks across the street at a wrong time yeah you, you might hit them be, uh, yeah, but because exactly. but but you wouldn't even think it because your brain just said okay i pulled this in oh, yeah and you you just had that routine down because my mom said the same thing to me growing up that um like things started to happen to her and she was like she couldn't explain why, like you know, when she was driving, that like things would happen. Oh, I don't know why that happened. And then she looked back, like after when you know, after she got diagnosed, looked back and realized it was her vision getting worse. She didn't, yeah. just didn't know. So yeah, like exactly. they, you know, it's weird to you know. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I know you feel great, you know, and I'm glad you're still driving or whatever, but just really like you know, because I had someone on the show that talking about how she was still driving and i think her vision was probably mine or maybe worse and i was like i know you can do it and i'm not trying to be the dad or anything because she was young you know she was younger and i was like i'm not trying to be a dad but i don't know i really think you should think about this again (laughs) like maybe and i know you still want to do it and i know it's tough to give up but uh for your Uh, for me it was yeah for me it was uh, i couldn't you know now that i knew you know, my, uh, you know, the, the, to what degree that I had lost, I had lost my vision. I, 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 the consequences of that, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't drive anymore because I, I could easily, you know, picture in my mind that I would hurt someone or yeah. run someone over. And I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't, and I shouldn't. And, you know, the, no. the choice was so easy. There was, there was no question. We were, my wife and I would look at each other, okay. This 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 is situation. This is the last time I will ever drive a car, and I haven't uh, driven. It isn't, I haven't even like I could just you know I would be convenient to. It, it was you know from one day to the other uh, over, never again. And that's four years ago. And I think that it, you know in the book also I write a, a, a lot about how how the brain functions and how we are really driven or run by our subconscious mind. And um, it, it, a lot of what we do is, is, is sort of, you know, a, a bunch of, a, a bundle of programs that we have programmed into our subconscious system that just runs totally on, on its own. And the, what I realized was that 95% of our life is run by the subconscious mind. It's, re- it's really, you know, we are really on autopilot 95% of our life and 5% of the life is sort of where you are awake and make decisions that are conscious. And that was really a shocker for me because 
you know, the, the way that I was reacting to many things back before 16 was I was really sort of, you know, I was this, um, I, I would actually say sensitive, you know, I, I was emotionally sensitive because I was always pressured and I was reacting when people said something, I, it, it would really get to me. I would think about it. I would maybe also get a little bit hurt about it. And I was uh, being uh, defensive about it. And and I realized, you know, I don't want to be this kind of person. I and I, uh, I started reading a lot of books. Uh, uh, there is there was this guy called Bruce Lipton. He's a cell biologist, and um, he 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 written this book called uh, Biology of Belief. And and that book was simply a, you know an eye opener for me because in there he actually shares how much of our life is run on autopilot. And um, and if you want want to be in control if you want to change habit if you want to change the way you perceive things you have to be uh you know you have to be able to wake up in and that was mindfulness being able to implement mindfulness in my life was really a huge uh, game changer for me so the, the the ability to be you know present in every moment of your waking hour it's not possible to to do it all the time but you know really listen to what your thoughts are about what your inner voice is telling yourself and then wake up when you hear that voice saying well you can't do this or ah, he's an idiot or oh you stupid blind whatever you shouldn't do this and you know i i was kind of listening to that voice say oh my god if i talk to people like that you know i would you know i would have no friends and you know <laughs> i'm talking i'm talking to to myself in that you know with that voice all the time so i started reprogramming the way that I perceived things and that's you know back to these four challenges that I gave myself was simply to uh, you know uh, I realized that you know if you have to change a habit you have to repeat you know um, you have to repeat an action again and again and again before it becomes second nature before it becomes natural and that's also that's also uh, um, on your behavior so I was really trying to see things from a different perspective all the time. And it, I basically learned that being sorry, being sad, being angry is, is a really, is, it's really a habit that you can change. And I, the book is, is, is really a transformational tool to people who want to, you know, look at themselves and say, okay, I probably have a lot of, you know, involvement in the things that is going wrong in my life. Maybe if I, if I accept that I have put myself in this position, can I change a lot of the things that is bad and and change them to to, to be good things in life? And that's uh, that's one of the big messages in the, in the book that you know we cre- we really create our lives in our minds. You know, and it reflects out there. So, so um, when you start being a you know a very positive person, you 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 experience that people get very positive. You know, back again if you if you're always angry and sort of this kind of you know closed in on yourself, and you, that's what you will see out there. So, so I really took responsibility and said, you know, I control my mood. I control my way of being. It's it's not a an I condition that controls my life. I control it. And um, yeah, that's um, that's a big part of what I uh, lecture about. So I, I do a lot of uh, lectures in in Lego in in 
inside the company were yeah, before the COVID nineteen. <laughs> obviously, mm. yeah. I was also doing it. Uh, yeah, in companies around the the country in Denmark, and uh, it, it kind of stopped when when the world you know went crazy. <laughs> so, how does your vision though affect um, right now though your position at Lego? Like, how have things uh, changed? You know, yeah, I think I think what I did was I started very slowly a couple of years ago to change my career into being more of a a writer and um, a thinker and uh, one who comes up with ideas and concepts and uh, I I slowly just you know started uh, distancing myself from being you know um, being someone that people could count on when it came to, you know, visualizing stuff, then, you know, drawing stuff and working heavily in Photoshop and all those things. That's, uh, and it was kind of accepted. I think, I think I slowly started to shape my career at Lego, uh, you know, openly. I, I, I they've, they've been involved in, in all the, and really, you know, they are, you know, a huge part of me getting through this process because they they've really helped me and, and, and really listen to what I, you know, said to them that I needed. And uh, so, they, you know, in that way, Lego has been totally awesome. And I owe them so much. <laughs> it, it, it's really awesome. Something. Yeah, that's so great. And, and it's really important for me uh, also to show. And I, and I know that, sadly, a lot of people with RP and, and visual impairments, they're not that lucky. Uh that I have been because you know a lot of people don't have work and it's so difficult for you know to get work because they kind of you know get this uh you know label oh oh uh, you're blind okay uh you know we'll probably hire the other guy who's so it's it's something that I feel strongly about you know at being being an advocate for you know uh you know, blind people or people who with visual disabilities, uh, visual impairments. Um, but you know, still, I work for for a, one of the you know most popular, you know, respected brands in the world, and uh, it it is possible. And um, I I I'm really grateful. And you know, uh, yeah, it, it's I'm really I'm really happy about where I am right now. How long have you worked for Lego, though? Well, you know, the thing with Lego is that there seems to be this sort of, if you get into the company and you pass the two and a half year barrier, you just, you stick. <laughs> so I've been, I've been with the Lego group now for 11 years, which is a long time. But a lot of my colleagues, actually, they, they've been there, you know, for many years as well. So it is this place sort of, it becomes sort of a life projects so um either you you are there very short time or then you are there for a very long time and uh, i think the, one of the cool things about being at lego is that i have colleagues from all around the world you know it 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 has been such a gift to you know working you know one of my very close colleagues and friends now she's from india and you know all the things that i you know the stories you can tell the you know the perspective of things on things that i have you know learn to see differently she, she has a whole different way of seeing things and and being around people that comes from all around the world is just you know it's it's so amazing i really love that so and obviously english is the prime language is a it's a 
we all speak English, so I do a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of that for 11 years. No, I love that. I, it's kind of the reason why I love doing this podcast as well. It's just talking to people from all over the world that have RP. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. But so, yeah. did, when you got, when you applied for the job, did you tell them that you had RP? Well, I actually also tell that story in the book because, you know, that was back in, that must have been uh, like nine, 2009 or something. Yeah, it was. And um, I, I decided not to tell anyone that I had a visual impairment or, or disease or what what we should call it, disorder. I, my, my theory or my, my idea was that I would start in the company and I would show them that you know, I work, you know, I, I can do what all my colleagues can do. There, there, there wouldn't be a, any difference at all. And then I would start telling that I had a pro, you know, that I had a thing, <laughs> that I had a thing with my eyes, but, you know, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't, you know, uh, prohibit me from doing what everyone else are doing. And, and, all, and then slowly along the, you know, through the, the years I started talking about, you know, it's actually something that's going to get worse and it's going to be, a, you know, one day probably I'll be blind and, but it's going to be a long way out in the future. That was, that, that was what I was telling myself all the time. And, and then in 16, when everything just, you know, uh, my body just shut totally, totally down it was when everyone saw, okay, it's it's a little worse than you probably have admitted to yourself and everyone. So, so I think the good thing when I look back, it's I actually, I'm I'm actually grateful for all the struggles and all the beating that I've gotten because <laughs> somehow it's it's shaped the the character or the person that I am today. And I think you know I wouldn't be without it, but because it taught me so much. And I probably wouldn't have been in my position right now if I had back in the days, back in 2002, if I said, oh, okay, then I have to, you know, I have to change my career. I have to, you know, make a lot of different things now or change a lot of things. And um, yeah, but, yeah, I, I don't regret anything. No, it, 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 um, every decision makes us really who we are and, and uh I mean, and everything we do is just part of the journey. It's all where we are, you know, we got here because we're, we're, we're supposed to be here. The, the, all the yeah. decisions you made, or that's, it's not, it's not, you know, you made, did you make the right decision or wrong decision? It, it doesn't, no, everything you made was the correct decision because that's just, you were, that was what you were supposed to do. Things that you were supposed yeah. to go to, you know, go through. So, um, and like you said, we, you know, you, you listen to yourself, you'll know, you know, if you're, uh, pushing too much outside that comfort zone or or if you're uh you know maybe you should maybe you should push harder so but yeah as long as you're yeah. always challenging yourself and always being like hey you know gonna, i don't know i don't know if i should do this but uh give it a go you know yeah yeah but, I, I did that with, you know the public speaking that was uh, it was really uh, i really put myself on the line there it was the fourth uh, challenge that I, I gave myself it was that in four months I said to myself I have to give a talk to all my colleagues at Lego about how it is to live with a disorder that truly makes you go blind and what it has done to me and how I decided to deal with it and that was oh my god it was like I remember I was writing the email and I uh, pushed the send button mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Said, oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, God, I have to do it now. So I really I put myself in the position where I had to, you know, go through the process. I had to, you know, complete the missions. And I had to, and, and the, 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 the missions were kind of, you know, it could be, it could have been anything. And, and it, basically it was things that I had troubles doing like uh, one of the things was to skydive I, you know i've always been afraid of heights you know really and i hadn't been in a roller coaster since i was like 12 or something like that and then came up with this idea that i had to skydive and then i would i wanted to experience you know what my mind would tell me up up till the day that i was going to jump and that was also sort of an experiment to to realize what the voice in my head was telling me all the time. And it it came up with crazy stories about that my ears were going to explode <laughs> because I always had these sort of, sort of when I land in a plane, it's like I have these, uh, I don't know what it's called, but you do the pressure in your ears. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, release yeah. And, and I said, oh my God, am I, 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 could, I could see myself falling down from the sky. If I could, and I, I did again this stuff. Swap thought. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe this is going to be the most awesome moment in your life when you land on that uh, on that field and your whole family sort of running and you just got. So I, was, I really used my imagination to anticipate what I wanted out of situation in, in, out of situations instead of letting my fearful mind. It, by the way, seventy percent. Of our thoughts are negative by nature. That's that's pretty <laughs> extreme when you think about it. Totally by nature, we have a mind that sees, you know, problems seventy percent of the time instead of solutions. So um, I was trying to tr train myself to, you know, jump on the other side of the of the you know, sort of, of that fence, and then you know, flip my thoughts around. And say, okay, yeah, but maybe this is. Not a good idea, but you know, look at the upsides. What what, what are you going to accomplish when you do it? So I do that all the time today. When I'm, when you know, when I decided to write you, the first thought would be like, oh, but you know, do anyone want to hear about my story? Is that relevant? And and then I have this other, you know, that's not for you to decide. You know, yeah, put right. you out on on the arena and then pe let people judge. And you know. You, you don't. <laughs> some will say, "Well, uh, what an idiot," and some will say, "Well, that's inspiring." And that, you know, it's just one thinking that, "Well, that's inspiring." Then you 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 accomplished, you know, something. And and I, I remember it was Steve Jobs. He he said once that, you know, he 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 had this philosophy in life that, you know, if he got an idea, he acted on it. And he, he told this story when he was like a thirteen years old or something like that. He he decided he wanted to sell printers out of his uh, garage and he needed the you know the 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 motherboards for that and he, he just called uh, Hewlett Packard back uh, in those days the um, the boss there who was listed in the telephone book and he called him and he said oh uh, can i have some of your uh, motherboards for and you know he got so impressed that he hired the jobs um, that became on that uh, holiday uh, to to work in the factory and 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 Steve Jobs he said from that experience I learned that you know he never was rejected when he picked up the phone called someone and asked for a favor or asked for something but he said you know most people don't pick up the phone so that was uh, you know I tried to do that the last couple couple of years when you know, when I had an idea I just you know. 
Let's do start it. a planet. Yeah. How can I do it? What do I need in order to fulfill this idea that I have? Uh, uh, I did it also with the, I'm going to give a TEDx uh, talk here in Denmark uh, in January. That was somewhat the same. I said, okay, let's, let's, what do I need to do in order to get through the, you know, this, uh, there's a, a very small list of people getting on that stage. And I said, I know it's going to be me, but but what do I need to do then? And I just did all the things that I needed to do in order to get on that stage. So that that that's something I talk about also in the book: the, the mindset that you can that we all have inside of us. We just need to figure out how to you know find that energy. So instead of like waiting for something to happen, you're going to will it into existence. Yes, you're you're going to make it happen. They're just being sitting there at home saying, man, that'd be a great idea. And they're like, no, like, okay, how do I take this idea and, and make it real? You know, that's like, I, I recently had the same kind of feeling where I, you know, in fitness, I always wanted to do like a jump rope class or do something like that. And instead of waiting for somebody to come along and, you know, make that happen, I was just like, you know, what? wait a minute. I'm friends with like people who own gyms. Like yeah. I could just, and I just, straight up reached out to her and I said, Hey, how do you feel about this? And now, and she loved it, ended up loving the idea. And now we're, we're, we're advertising for it. So it's, so it's like, I just got tired of just waiting for some, something to happen and just being like, you know, I'm just going to, how can I make this happen? You know? Oh, and getting back to your negative thing, I wanted to add, I thought of a good analogy, how we always tend to think of, you know, the negative, because I did that today. Uh, I have a dog and of course, dog was not coming and i went to walk out in the yard and you know i don't see poop in the yard that well i don't know if you can relate to that but <laughs> yeah, so of I course guess. you know yeah. so of course like i like my entire shoe is covered in dog poop <laughs> and so of course i'm mad my first instinct yeah. is just to go you know what if my wife or you know if my son they got if they went out there and they cleaned the dog poop this would not have happened so i'm already upset so instead of i should have looked at it as what's the big deal it's just yeah. dog poop like I can yeah. literally just spray it off with the hose of my shoe. It's, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. So you just you just made me think. Even something today, it's like it's true. I I went more of the negative on it, and I, and I shouldn't have because realistically, it's just poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but, you know and that's how life is. You... Life is poop. Sometimes, like sometimes we, you know, metaphorically step in that 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 poop you know, of yeah. life, and we instantly just go. Oh, this is the worst. Yeah. Life's over. Yeah. You know, instead of realistically yeah. looking at it from another perspective and saying, Oh, wait a minute. Like it's what is it, two seconds for me to get a hose and spray the bottom of these shoes off? Like, yeah, okay. and and get it out of the system. Because what what would have happened if you got angry about the poop incident and you you would tell yourself a story oh my god and and maybe also you know if i had you know if i could see i could have you know avoided that and or, yeah or right my, have, or my wife should that and you you can't you start to pollute your own system you create all the wrong chemicals in your mind and you you, you it will follow you for half a day and you get back to that incident where you stepped in the poop and I, I I learned really quickly to resolve those things. You know, look at it like, oh, I, I it's kind of funny. And, and you know, when you look at the shape, the, you know, the shoes have this this uh, pattern on the, and you you've got to really 
nice pattern in the poop. It's almost like art. <laughs> now I'm gonna, you know, you can always create stories that are different, and you have that choice. And that was really what I learned that you have, if you have the ability, if you can stop your 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 reaction that is 70% of the time will be negative. You can stop that and make a decision. Say, no, I'm not gonna get. You know, I'm not gonna pollute myself by being angry in this moment. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm gonna see it from a different perspective. And and it's possible. And I I do it all the time now. And I realize how much of my struggles were coming from my way to react on on things that you know, was totally unnecessary. But but it is it it requires that you can catch yourself in the thinking you know in the moment when you when you experience something and then decide how do i want to act or respond to this uh, that i experience right now no so, I, I did that i was yeah, guilty i did that my wife was home i was just like oh you know what you know if the dog came when i was when i called her i wouldn't have, that's wouldn't have happened or you know, if you guys clean the yeah. poop no this wouldn't have happened you know? Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, looking back on that, yeah. I'm like, oh man, why yeah. am I getting upset about that? Really, what? Yeah, it, yeah. It's really not a big deal. Exactly. It's, it's just something. Exactly. But yeah, so uh, moving along. Uh, is there any type of uh, I'm always curious if people have you gotten questions throughout your journey of of your vision, like you know, like people being maybe purposely hurtful like you know kind of being like oh can you see this or why are you using a phone how are you you know no maybe not educated question you're like you know some people because i tend yeah. to kind of go why how can you do that did you're going blind i yeah but i think i think maybe if i if i really think about it i probably have experienced that but i i think i tend to forget about it because i always when when people do it i know it's often out of ignorance it's not because they want to be hurt so so Mm -hmm. again i have the choice to see okay this question i could be offended i could react negatively i could you know get back at this person saying you you know you you actually offended me with this but i Mm -hmm. by making the decision that you know he's just curious you know or she's just you know, she's asking a little bit in a clumsy way. She's wondering what's going on. I, I'm, I'll, I'll answer her question in the, in the most politely and smiling way that I can. Then there's nothing really offensive about anything if you choose not to be offended. So so it is, again, really much a choice. I, I, I hear it a lot, you know, and I don't – it's not my purpose to point fingers at anyone, but I often hear people – talking about things they experienced where where i could argue back that but why did you let anyone offend you why did you give that power to anyone to pollute your day by what they said you know you could you could have chosen a lot of other things to do than than being offended by it so so i i i can't remember i can't really remember one incident that where i felt oh my god that was uh <laughs> that, that was I I felt, you know, wronged or, you know, that kind of feeling because, you know, I, yeah. I think I resolve it, you know, in the moment. Oh, it's a teachable moment. Normally, you know, like it, usually those are yeah, the teachable yeah. moments. Exactly. Exactly. I could I could have gotten mad at the guy at the liquor store, but I could tell that it wasn't way, way 
could tell he was simply gay. Wanted to see. Yeah. And yes, I could have been like, oh, well, hello, just because I'm having a change, I'm blind. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, I could, I could have handled it that way. But I, I agree. I agree. You know, look at it and go, okay, wait a minute. This guy just doesn't know. Yeah. Exactly. So let me educate him. And now, now if I educate him and he still, you know, doesn't get it, that's on him. That's not on me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. I've, I've, you know, I've handled this. I, I resolve a lot of, you know, situations, situations like that with a smile. You know, <laughs> if you, if, if you, if people come at you and you, you know, if if you smile and if you look like you are really sort of you know interested and you are you know um, curious and you want this person that is approaching you, you to feel good basically you no know, it's impossible to be offensive to to a person that is really you know smiling at you with a heartwarming smile so it, 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 a lot of that comes back to I read a lot of uh, philosophy, but also uh, Buddhism and you know religion in general. But what what the the the, the Buddhists they really uh, resolve a lot of their um, how do you say? Uh, now I, I read the, what's this one particular book, and he says you know if you can always wear a smile, you signal your own system that you are actually know you're actually happy even though maybe you don't you know you don't feel happy but if you start using the muscles in your head in a way that shapes a smile you unconsciously signal to your brain that you are happy about something and then the the brain will start to release chemicals that makes you feel happy also so there's a lot of things that you can do to prevent bad things from happening by the way you 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 carry yourself and uh, I, I test that a lot of times going into meetings where I know I have to I want this result let's see what happens if I just you know bear myself with warmth that is contagious that people will sort of okay I, I you know it's it's just so pleasant to be around you you're also cheerful you're smiling you're like and and that's that's almost like Dumbledore walking into you know the room which is a magic wand and you can. You can you can you can affect people uh, with your the way you decide to to behave and the way you want to yeah um, basically uh, yeah yeah you can you can do a lot <laughs> with your body language and your uh, wearing a big smile on your face right I like that so uh, do you encounter the dreaded wet floor sign since you don't use a cane does it uh often sneak up on you uh, excuse me the, the what, did what, you say? what the the wet floor sign have you experienced the uh the dreaded wet oh, floor yeah, sign yeah, out yeah, in public yeah, yeah, yeah. yes 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 but uh, you know <laughs> i think I, yeah i have <laughs> but i think i think i still have i think i have more peripheral vision than probably most have i i think that i can still i can still detect that i don't know if i am maybe much um on alert all the time i kind of scan the, the mm. before walking i always look and then I, I i look careful and then i know kind of okay 10 meters 10 meters ahead i know what's you know in my in my way okay and um 
and then I'm I'm, I'm an old gym gymnast. I think is that what it's called? You know, I, yeah, I, I was yeah. doing a lot, of, yeah. a lot of that stuff. So so I I have a good balance, and I have a good you know, uh, I'm not afraid of just walking and then you know i know that i will be able to you know dodge something and i think i think having that kind of um confident also helps me just you know i, I let's just take one step and see what happens i do it also walking downstairs that's a crazy thing actually when you can only see like four degrees I, I i made a simulation in the video by the way where you can see i'm walking down the stairs and i can't see my own uh, feet which is oh yeah right. kind of yeah so so when people see that they say oh my god i, I wouldn't dare walking downstairs and you say but you have no choice if I, I sometimes i have to walk downstairs it's it's not an option <laughs> just, you have to do it and um but yeah the wet the wet floor sign i i had definitely walked into that and say yeah beep i put that there <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so it's a so it's a 50 50 of uh who really wins Sometimes wet floor sign, sometimes do win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you can get your vision back, what is one of the first things you're going to do? Oh, I would really love to just take a take a ride again on my in my car. <laughs> just go somewhere without any plan. Right, no. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Go on a little road trip. Yeah. <laughs> Disappear for the day. Nope. No <laughs> I like it. Yep. Just, just yeah. Just get on the road and just go. Yeah. Nice. Also, in your dreams, because this is always I'm always curious on this one. And um, are you fully sighted, or are you visually impaired? I'm fully sighted. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Just awesome. That's right. Cause, uh, I always like to ask that question because I'm always curious of. You know, if, if anybody's dreams have started to, uh, you know, that world has started to mix, you know, because yeah. for me, it does. Like, what I, an I, awesome question, actually. I, yeah, I really, no one ever asked me that, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Because you figure sooner or later, you know, I mean, your experiences should start to, you know, as your vision gets worse. I mean, someone who's someone who's born blind, for instance, they don't have any sight. They their, their visions are all like usually in sound or no 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 picture so you figure as our vision is slowly that closing in i mean i don't know wouldn't we sooner or later like that also happen we would our our dreams would start to get you know affected by that yeah it's a good i know i always like to kind of curious because like i said i i came up with the question because it happened to me so i wanted to, to know yeah. if anybody yeah. else was experiencing the same thing like somebody like uh on the show was saying oh they didn't think about it until I asked them, and then they realized that since they stopped driving, there hasn't been a car in their dreams. They, oh man, oh. you know, I never thought about this, but you know, ever since he's like, ever since I stopped driving, I yeah, I haven't really had any dream about driving or anything like that. I was like, well, see, there you go. Yeah, some yeah. or someone said, um, someone's like someone's guide dog. Uh, the, recently, someone's uh, their guide dog was in their dream, but he wasn't a guide dog. He was just a dog, just like it was just a regular, just yeah. a regular dog. So I was like, that's, but that I remember, cool. I remember dreams actually where I, where I'm driving and I'm, I, I I did it without thinking about it, and then all of a sudden I remembered that I that I shouldn't be driving. I can't, you know, I can't drive. So you said, okay, so you, you had a feeling. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I have. That I've had feeling. Yeah. Like I've had dreams where I'm driving and I'm like, I I shouldn't be doing this. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. It like is a big a... mistake, and you know, what yeah. do I do? Because now I'm, you know, I'm here, like half the way. Yeah, you know, I'm I, driving. I, I can't well, yeah, just stop. And yeah, I, yeah, I have, I've had that my, myself. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're, the yeah. feeling is more coming in, like not so much what you're seeing, but yeah, it's yeah. more of it's just a it's just a I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, <laughs> this is not right. <laughs> yeah, but also that it, 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 it's a sudden it's a sudden realization. It's like you know, I, all of a sudden I remember. Oh my god! Like you forgot your iPhone or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my doing? god! I can't see. Yeah, but what are this? Like, I'm in this car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you for uh, being on today, especially because you work so hard. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like just a, that sounds like just overall just a funny conversation. Yeah, it is. Some cool people. So it sounds like you have a really support group over there. Yeah. You know, so you always hear some work. So it's like the opposite. It's not like everybody in in the workplace is has rp or something you're like the lone wolf there mm. so for them to actually kind of you know understand and all that stuff that's cool yeah, yeah. I'm so really you, really cool. you've been able to maintain some level of you know like not so much normalcy but like you've been you know like you could keep your job you could you just had to do it like we normally do adapt and do something you yeah know, different approach it differently so yeah. that's cool but i love it so I hope you just continue to yeah. do what you do, and um, I'm going to do my best to, to listen to your book because I I really don't like to read, but uh, I'm getting into audio books now. I yeah, add yeah. that to my audio journey. Yeah, and it's yeah, sentence to blindness. Now what? And it's going to be out on uh, Amazon and uh, Audible and iTunes. So uh, yeah, it's going to be get it, get it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this. I think it'll do well. I don't think I, mean, I, I, I don't have it. You don't have anything to worry about. We're all we're all good people, you know that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. I, I think any experience, any type of, you know, anything like what we're going through out in the world is amazing. It's like oh great, this it's like watching a show and the person has RP. You know, like you just get excited by it. it. Doesn't matter if it's a good show or a bad show. It's the fact that like wow, there's actually somebody on there that has this. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So I think people will just yeah, it's just. The fact that there's stuff out there, you know, there's that. Yeah. It, it just helps. It's like doing the podcast, like doing this. Like I just, you know, nobody, nobody's doing it. You know, I just, I yeah. just sat there and said, you know, what? nobody's doing this. Like yeah. this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, it's uh, you know, you get get an idea and then okay, let's go. go let's not, let's stop thinking about it and just do it. And uh, yeah, I really no, I really cool. think is I didn't know how to use like. Uh, garage band in my in my Mac and and I was like oh, how am I gonna do that? like I had to learn how to use programs to edit things together I mean I do have a friend that helps me with the audio side of things clean it up um, yeah but when he sends me a files back I have to edit them together and I do the intro and I had so I had to learn how to use a program that I never knew how to do and you know where the controls for it are and you know and, and yeah yeah and it's tax like you said like you were mentioning it's taxing on the eyes and it's like using computer and stuff like that and a little more. It's it's harder for us to use a computer than for the average person. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But you you find a challenge and you just say, hey, all right, well, what do I do? How do I get? How do I get it done? Yeah, and there yeah. you go. It's it's awesome. You're doing it. We like to just yeah. <laughs> <glad> we <did. laughs> so we're we're having fun. Um, but thank you so much for being on today. Appreciate it. Yeah.
Yeah, and thank I you. I hope your book does awesome. Yeah, I hope to. I hope to. <laughs> and I hope people can, you know, benefit from it and at least, yeah, maybe maybe give them inspiration. And I don't know. I I just hope it will land in people's hands and they will say, well, thanks for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it or read it and then yeah. yeah. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> hope we all good then. Yeah. Well, thank you. you. A, you're welcome, and you have a good night. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week for another episode of Living Free with RP.